I'm finna put all this in my book bag because I'm from the streets. Yeah, yeah. And welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of the Netizen Watch News Report. And my phone is ringing and it's not getting answered because I've already started, right? They will understand what happens when they can go and watch back. But let's go ahead and start get, breaking into some of this news, right? And actually, there was something that I forgot from the last... Uh, just, just continuing in a call, huh? Just just continuing the call. Let's go ahead and have a guest guest show then, right? Like, okay, now they hung up. Now they hung up. Anyway, because I'm leaving that in there, right? Um, see the something that I forgot from last week, and I had skipped over it, but then I realized it the morning after when I uh, released the episode was uh, January 24th, which was five days ago. The CISA director, Jen Easterly, was targeted in a swatting campaign. Now, you got to really understand how bad it is for the actual CISA director to get targeted in a phishing campaign, or not phishing, but swatting campaign. It's absolutely terrible. You might say, what is swatting? Swatting is when you go ahead and uh, call a bomb threat or a SWAT threat uh, or any sort of violent threat. Uh, on someone's house and have SWAT teams actually sent to their house. It's very popular in the gaming world if you piss off the wrong nine-year-old. So watch your mouth when you're playing with those nine-year-olds because you don't know what nine-year-old is really about that life, right? Really about that internet gangster life, right? Uh, yeah, I just said that, internet gangster. What's more gangster than sending SWAT to your house, right? Like you think you got a gang or you think you got people, oh, I could send so-and-so to your house. I could send the police to your house. Just SWATting. that. That's is kind of ridiculous when you think about it, right? Now, that I think was a big one. We should definitely look into that. You're going to see that article posted. I think actually it should already be in last week's episode posting, right? So go ahead and search the uh, Netizen Watch Substack for that. Um, let's go ahead and grab another one, right? Uh, what else do we have here? We talked about that. We talked about that. There's an article here on filling the cybersecurity talent gap. And look, I got to be honest. I'm so sick of how we talk about it uh, in terms of the cybersecurity talent gap is because it feels like we're talking about the same things all of the time, right? Like, so here's what this guy has to say. Uh, his name's Chip Daniels. Uh, Chip Daniels says, veterans are an ideal can are ideal candidates to close the skills gap and create the industry needed to meet security threats head on. Bro, veterans have been doing this, right? Veterans have probably the easiest time in getting into the industry. But here's the problem. Veterans are only, they're less than 1% of the nation. There's 1.7 million uh, active and reserve service members, majority of which are not trained in cybersecurity. So this is a great way to start filling the gap. But if you say we need 3.5 million, uh, you know what? I'm, I'm glad that you are considering veterans and veterans are definitely in that space. Um, but- how many veterans do you think we have, right? How many veterans do you think we have? Chip Daniels makes a really good point. He's also uh, the vice president of government affairs with Solar Winds. So great points here saying that um, here's some of his bullet points. Adaptability, definitely I can attest to that myself. Problem solving, uh, yep, 
definitely. Strong work ethic and discipline, technical knowledge, security clearances, and security minded. But if these are all qualities that you want in the individuals, I want you to understand veterans on the market are going to be like, you're lucky if you have 300,000 cyber trained veterans that are going to get pushed out, right? That's a tenth of what you need. So where are we going to get the other portion from, right? I get it. Veterans can definitely be a part of it, but I do think we need to go ahead and start thinking about how we can make this a more inclusive invitation to join the cybersecurity industry. But thank you, Chip Daniels, for the uh, shout out. And I do want to see more veterans in uh, because I hate to see a homeless veteran, right? It's like a Fari that's uh, just sitting in somebody's yard. Have you ever seen a Fari clunker? No, you haven't, right? And that's how I feel about a lot of my veterans brothers. But let's go ahead and keep pushing, right? What else do we have? Uh, on the 25th, we saw the Kasika ransomware linked to Black Matter, BYOBD. Whiskey Tango Foxtrot is BYOBD, right? Bring your own venereal disease. What are we talking about here, right? That's the only, uh, okay, look. My brain plays the word association game and it said BD and that's what I thought about. But it's really bring your own vulnerable driver. Thank you. Thank you for clearing that up, right? Now, here's what we need. Here's what we want to understand about this one, right? Uh, so obviously, you're bringing your own driver and it is vulnerable. We have seen, again, uh, let, let's go ahead and read the first paragraph here. It says a ransomware group potentially linked to the defunct Black Matter group has joined several other adversaries in deploying an emerging type of attack that can terminate antivirus uh, processes, uh, antivirus processes and services from the deployment of ransomware. Woo, that's bad. That's really bad, right? So if I was a part of a large company at this very moment, I'd want to hear from my vendors how they are responding to this, right? I would definitely want to see, and I'm probably going to go ahead and put a pin in this one because we want to see how people are responding to a ransomware that can disable your actual security tools. Evading is one thing, but disabling, that's something different, right? Now, in this article, you might want to go look for it. They do go ahead and talk about some of your indicators of compromise. Uh, it says that this is generating a modified version of ChaCha20. So the encryption that it's using is a stream cipher algorithm called ChaCha20, um, which is really interesting in of itself uh, because I don't believe that there is a way to crack ChaCha20, right? I could be mistaken. Let me do a quick Google Foo search and see if we have a cracking mechanism for ChaCha20, right? Uh, let's see if we can crack ChaCha20. Uh, given the cipher key, ChaCha20, here's a Reddit post from four years ago, right? And obviously four years ago isn't today, but um, if there was some changes, we'd definitely be able to go ahead and uh, get that. And I will probably do um a deep dive into this one as well it says uh assuming an adversary knows which algorithm in is in use cha cha 20 and they're given the ciphertext what can they do to go ahead and figure that out let's go ahead and continue let's see what the comments have to say about this one 
someone said an attacker often knows parts of uh the plain text, sometimes most of it. Uh da, da, da. what Cha Cha 20 offers is that no part of the key stream can be obtained from any other part of the key stream, and the key cannot be obtained from any other part of the key stream, right? Okay, so what they're saying there is Cha Cha 20 is uh unique as it is a stream cipher because it's gonna be harder to crack, right? Um, doesn't give you any part of the key in it as a part of the stream, right? Uh, someone said as well, um, a but also since Cha Cha 20 emulates an OTP, um, an OTP is a kind of stream cipher, Cha Cha 20 is a kind of stream cipher, but OTP is not some lofty ideal. Right. It says here are the things that all synchronous stream ciphers have in common. The algorithm generates the stream key as a function of the key. Key streams, uh, key stream bits are combined with plain text, um, usually bit by bit XOR. So bit by bit XORing is occurring. Um, let's go ahead and da -da -da. let's see. Jump all the way down to the bottom. It should not be computationally infeasible to use known key stream bits which you can get from known plain text bits uh to protect to predict the key stream bits that you already know so what they're saying is if you already know bits of the key stream then you're good to go there is the mention of a nonce in there for your cha cha 20 also being a key um a cipher algorithm cipher stream algorithm um you definitely expect it to have a nonce as well right you don't want it to encrypt two bits of the same text and it comes out looking the same right let's go ahead and take this a bit further all right so let's bounce out of that uh what can we say here with the ransomware do you want to probably dig some more into um your encryption and i think yeah right if you're coming into the industry make sure you sharpen up an encryption uh quite a bit that you know what you're talking about um when some of these articles pop up right because i really wasn't expecting to see uh cha-cha 20 and poly um you know cha-cha 20 and poly um and salsa 20 those don't pop up very often but to see it pop up in that article really enlightening really enlightening right let's go ahead and Go ahead and push, right? Help wanted from convicted cyber criminals, right? Okay, so I've been saying for weeks, if somebody wants to work, let them work, right? This is my opinion before we jump into it, right? Let me go back there. Well, no. Let me actually read first before we go anywhere. It says, uh, Fortra discloses critical authentication bypass, bone and go anywhere, MFT. Right. Let's go ahead and break this down a little bit more. It says a proof of concept exploit is now available for a near maximum severity flaw in Fortra Go Anywhere managed file transfer uh, software that the company publicly disclosed on January 23rd. After being uh, after quietly informing customers about the threat almost seven weeks ago. Okay, so they've been basically going in. On that, where's the convicted criminals part? Right? Where's that part? Uh, I think there was a mix-up here. Right? Definitely a mix-up. And matter of fact, let me go and see if I can't find the actual article. 
right? That one, it's not that that last one wasn't interesting, but let's go ahead and see if we can't uh, find anything uh, that was more so in reference to that. And here it is, right? So the one that we were actually looking for there was Help Wanted from Convicted Cyber Criminals was written by Dan Raywood. Again, these are dark reading articles. I haven't set up my uh, feed on Vivaldi to start pulling some of that breach information. We should have that done by this weekend. But let's go ahead and keep working. We have uh, uh, the ISC squared cybersecurity workforce study uh, found a shortfall of 111,000 professionals in the Middle East and Africa. While that number pales in comparison to other parts in the world like the US, which are, the gap is 500,000, it, it is a significant deficit uh, that has inspired a controversial solution, right? Okay, look, reading on, this is gonna say that it's a controversial solution to hire criminals. And that is bullshit. You know what's controversial? Hiring people that don't want to work anyway and complain every fucking step of the way. You obviously have not worked with these fucking people, right? So what I would actually recommend is if people want to work, and I've been saying this for weeks, if they want to work and they're not working with national security, with children, or with finances, go ahead and put their fucking asses to work, right? Especially if that's what the fuck they want to do and get their life together, right? Stop fucking sending people to prison and then holding it over their head for the rest of their lives. Like, oh, you know, the job should be given to people who didn't go to prison. Yeah, if they want to fucking work, but they don't, right? So stop it. Cut it the fuck out, right? And if we have fucking gaps, we got gaps. Stop just hating. You're a fucking hater, right? Now, that being said, opportunity costs. Let's go ahead and talk about it a little bit more. Actually, let's talk about it. It says, going legit, the conversation on whether to hire those who have done bad things in their past or not is not new. A similar debate uh, five years ago had differing opinions but one argument was that hackers with experience of conducting cyber attacks should be the best people to plan and test cyber defenses because they had the actual experience in breaking them. I don't disagree. What's the fucking issue there? What's so controversial, right? The problem is trust. And um, what this problem is highlighting is once people have discovered that you have this chink in your armor where you're willing to do something that is criminal, they go ahead and say, well, you can't be trusted ever. And that's great if you're working with government, but the rest of us need to fucking be protected. So get off your fucking ass and get it done, right? Now, let's go ahead and talk about the opportunity cost. It says, Stavely says, most full-time IT security employees earn around 300,000 to 500,000 Naira. So now we're talking about in Nigeria, right? Uh, a month which is around 400 US, whereas a cyber criminal could be earning $10,000 to $100,000 a month, right? So again, I go back to, if somebody wants to do it the honorable way and they're willing to go ahead and say, I can live off of $400 a month, why are you stopping them? Why are you stopping them? Or is the fear that they are going to see the opportunity to do more crime? Because they already have that right? They already see that, right? And it's not like there's a barrier to cybercrime. What's the barrier to cybercrime? Reading. The barrier to cybercrime is reading, right? So I don't see a problem there. And I would definitely like to see more of that, right? Um, let's go ahead and see what else we have here. I just read that Fortra article. 
Um, so we're not going to go back to that one. Chat GPT cybercrime discussion spikes to nearly 3,000 posts on the dark web. Uh-oh. Chat GPT and dark web? Dun, dun, dun. Let's see it, right? Uh, there were additional 3,000 comments posted on the dark web about the sale of stolen Chat GPT accounts. Oh, okay. That's not... Can I be honest with you? I don't think that's that big of a deal, right? Yes, it's a breach, right? But what are you going to do with the stolen accounts that, you know, you couldn't do with information from any other breach, right? Let's go ahead and see if the article has any ideas. Uh, stolen chat GPT accounts remain a popular chat topic on dark web with 3,000 posts. It just looks like what they're doing is... Um, gathering the interest on this topic and saying well yeah there's some interest here right fat actors are actively exploring various schemes to implement chat gpt and ai topic uh topics frequently include the development of malware and other types of illicit use use of language models such as processing uh of stolen user data parsing files and infect so this kind this article seems a little bit all over the place in terms of it doesn't succinctly group any of this information together right um again i don't think that there's much that can be done there they're just saying hey there's some fear around ai and um stoking right um let's go ahead or some fear around ai in these accounts but those things don't really seem like they are linked together in a huge um push now this article seems a little bit interesting let's go ahead here this one is from january 25th right and this one is from the hacker news it says tech giant hp enterprise hacked by russian hackers linked to the dnc breach right it, well this seems like an interesting fucking time to do it right let's go ahead and see what what year and time this was it says the threat actor uh accessed and exfiltrated data beginning in May 2023 from a small percentage of HP mailboxes belonging to individuals in our cybersecurity go-to-market uh, business segments. Uh, other functions, the company said, in regulatory filing um, with... Uh, so the company said in a regulatory filing uh, with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission. So HP reported this to the Security and Exchange Commission. Before we continue, before we continue, hey, thank you to the SEC. Motherfucking thank you. Here's why I say thank you. If the SEC didn't do the 96-hour uh, breach notice, I don't think we'd be reading this article as fast as we're reading this article. So this is great, but let's go ahead and shout out some names here. Uh, obviously, the Russian-sponsored uh, APT group, uh, APT29, we've got... Some other code names for them is Blue Bravo, Cloaked Ursa, Cozy Bear, if you're on CrowdStrike, Midnight Blizzard, uh, which was formerly Nobilium, and The Dukes. All right, so some cool shit going on there. Now, obviously, that's going to end up in the description. Go check that one out. Let's see what else we have here. Critical Jenkins vulnerability exposes servers to race condition uh our rce attack i do think that's race condition right i'm not tripping no remote code execution there we go all right so 
hey man we can't get them all right now uh the maintainers of open source uh continuous integration continuous delivery CICD uh and deployment uh automation software Jenkins has had nine security flaws including a critical bug uh that if successfully exploited could result in remote code execution. So we do want to get rid of that. We don't want any rats, right? We don't need any Takashi 69s, any gunners in our security program. They're going to take our program down, right? So anytime you hear, get the blicky, uh, get them out of there. Get them out of there. Now, let's go ahead and keep moving on. Let's see what this one is about. Says, uh, Hook Younger uses cybersecurity education for uh design for them right hook younger users what's hook younger right let's go ahead and uh look at this a little bit deeper it says security should not be treated as one size fit all and that is doubly true when it comes to the security awareness education. I agree with that. Training could come from, uh, should be customized by age, learning style, and preferred media if it is to be effective. I 100% agree. And that's why I'm cussing up a storm on here, right? You got to make sure that, my, you know, my fellow uh, people who prefer to be cursed at, if you prefer to C.T. Fletcher's cybersecurity, then here, we got it, right? I'm no C.T. Fletcher, but we'll keep working at it, right? Even though baby boomers have garnered a reputation for being less digitally savvy than their later generations, recent research shows that younger does not necessarily translate to being better at cybersecurity. Thank you. Right. Just because you're younger don't mean that you're shit. Right. The amount of millennials and Gen Zers that say, oh, I'm not fucking with that tech shit, bro. You fuck with this tech shit every fucking day. What you mean to say is you're only fucking with the convenience, not the understanding. Right. Call a spade a spade. Millennials and Gen Z Internet users. Uh, the word is netizen. Right. Netizen. That's why we use it. Uh, users more frequently engage in poor cybersecurity practices and risky behavior, such as reusing passwords, not enabling multi-factor authentication, and not securing their payment information. Okay, that one's just fucking dumb, right? That's dumb. But in some of these millennials and Gen Zers' uh, defense, um, if they don't have much payment information to secure, you know, if the bank account ain't really banking, then... What you going to do, right? If you don't got the bag like that, what's there to protect? Oh, okay, it was a joke. It was a joke, right? We could let it go. We could let it go. Making them vulnerable to cyber attacks. It's not that younger internet users have not, haven't been taught online safety, rather that the training didn't stick. Organizations must tailor cybersecurity uh, education programs to fit audiences across demographics, uh, run trainings more frequently, and promote awareness throughout the year, right? You mean they have to do the same thing with young people that you have to do with your people at companies? Oh my God, imagine that, humans are humans. Okay, I'm moving the fuck on, right? Let's get something a little bit more interesting in there. The CISO go role undergoes a major revolution, revolution or evolution, sorry, major evolution. You mean how they are the only ones that can go to jail? I bet you this is about the fact that CISOs go to jail, right? Let's go ahead and read on it. We are in a time of major evolution for the chief information security officer, where things once felt cut and dry, roles and responsibilities of the CISO 
feel now feel like a moving target. It's essentially that cybersecurity industry leaders start to nail those responsibilities down, or it's essential that cybersecurity industry leaders start to nail those responsibilities down and face the consequences, right? Bro, this is fucking asinine, right? Can I be 100% honest with you? The fact that we, tech techies, right? Native netizens are going, CISO should face the consequences but CEOs don't face consequences, CMOs, CFOs, none of the other C-levels face consequences. And the fact that you write that in there means, you know, I don't know what agenda you're on, Mark. Come on, Mark, what are you doing? Now, let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit more, right? He says, when CISOs are hired, they're often described as being responsible for implementing effective security, information security, risk management frameworks at their organizations. But in light of the Security and uh, Exchange Commission's charges against the uh, SolarWinds CISO, some might say the description should include fall guy in the face of cyber incident. Yeah, right? First of all, I don't see why we're treating cybersecurity like a ship and not giving these guys more power if that's the case. They should be able to hire who they want, right? If I can go to jail, I want to hire who the fuck is going to keep me out of jail. That's all I'm saying, right? I don't really care who you what you have to say about my team. You're not going to jail over it. Now, that or when CISOs kind of pick up that attitude, I bet you shit will change. Now, it says understand the implications of Solar Winds case. It says the SEC charges are a step in the right direction as fines have proven to be ineffective at ensuring companies stay on track with security. So, okay, let me go ahead and say why I am fucking over this, right? CISOs are the guys fighting for more security. They're fighting for a bigger headcount. They're fighting to go ahead and get a bigger budget. And they're being told no, because it's not within the budget of the fucking companies. You know what would really fucking make you sick is if you had no CISO and the person going to jail was the chief executive officer. But that would be really bad for business, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that look really fucking bad? See, if a CISO goes to jail because CISOs goes to jail, that's not a big deal. CISOs go to jail, right? They're the fall guy. But if your chief executive officer had to do this shit all on its own, ooh, that'd be a big fucking problem, right? This is fucking horseshit. What do we mean a step in the right direction? It's not. It's not. CISOs were never a part of the good old boys club. Stop fucking making up a new role, att attaching a C to it, and saying like, oh, it's the same as if we got the... No, there's no windfall for these guys either. What are we talking about, right? Now, let's go ahead and uh, anticipate the, uh, that, rule, that the rules of accountability can change at any time, right? I, I, I want to hear this part. He does mention CEOs and COOs, right? It says the Cybersecurity Infrastructure Security Agency, a draft secure... Uh, draft secure development attestation form is putting CEOs and COOs in the line of fire. And this initiative may continue beyond software. That is what I want to hear. 
right? That is what I want to hear. There's no way that you can call the CEO the de facto leader of the organization if the CISO is the guy that's going to jail. Get the fuck out of here. Then the CISO is the fucking leader. He's the only one going down with the ship. And that CEO is a glorified freaking spokesperson, right? You're basically Barbie. Prove me wrong. If you don't want to prove me wrong, go ahead and step up, right? Uh, obviously not your, really your choice, but uh, why aren't we putting this on the... Uh, why are we putting the CEOs and the COOs on the firing line is what I have to say about that. Let me go ahead and push forward a little bit. The last one that we're going to do here. Nope, not going to do it, right? Not going to do it. Uh, it was uh, Hamas, Gaza, um, Israel article. I'm skipping right over it. Not because I'm being inconsiderate, not because I'm not, I don't understand the seriousness of that issue, but because I do understand the seriousness of that issue. And we're just not going to address um, some of that issue here. We're, we're going to there's enough people talking about it. Right. I, I don't think that I need to enough people are talking about it that I don't feel like I need to. So let me go ahead and find something a little bit more fitting to my taste. Right. And let's talk about it. Okay, Cone to Own 2024 sounds like a conference, right? Let me just go ahead and talk about it. What is Pone to Own? And just two days at Pone to Own 2024, Tokyo researchers have compromised a bevy of electric vehicle charger. Duh. Okay, for years when we've been started, when we started with the electric vehicles, for a good bit of time now, they've been hacking electric vehicles, right? Um. Not not saying this isn't, you know, uh, great news, but it's not surprising, right? When you start to read some of this news and it's the same shit all the uh, over and over again, right? Like 10 years ago in 2014, I was reading about Tesla's being hacked, right, by China. Now we're just talking about the same thing going on in Tokyo and they're doing it every year, right? So look, if it was hacked last year, it'll be hackable next year, right? It, the only thing that's going to change is the methodology to slip that punch in. That's the only thing that's going to change, right? Now, let's move the fuck on. All right. Mm, anything good? APT29 pops up again. Microsoft warns of widening APT29 espionage attacks. Uh, we can push on, though. Perfecting defense in-depth strategy with automation. Um, so look, that's a job queue article if you've ever heard one. When you read something like that, that means go pick up some automation skills, right? Uh, if you haven't been polishing automation skills, do that, right? Um, let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit more. Defense in-depth, false sense of security with layers. Ooh, I like that, the way that sounds, it. They're throwing punches, ain't they? Also known as multi-layered defense, the defense in-depth strategy has been widely adopted by organizations since the early 2000s. It's based on assumptions that adversaries must breach multiple defense layers to compromise valuable assets. Since no singular security uh, control can provide foolproof protection uh, against a wide array of cyber threats, defense in-depth has become uh, the norm for organizations worldwide. But if every organization uses the strategy today, why are security breaches still so common? Because everyone isn't using the strategy, everybody isn't investing properly, and that's also why it's bullshit that CISOs can go to jail. It's basically 
um, hey, just don't be a CISO for a company that doesn't want to give you the correct budget, right? That That's what I would say to any aspiring CISO, right? Me, on the other hand, I'm going to stay not a CISO. I, I'll try my best to keep you out of jail, right? But I say it all the time in my classes. I did not make it through my teenage years to go to jail in corporate America for corporate bullshit. No, certainly not, right? If I was going to go to jail, it should have been when I was a teenager. You didn't catch me then. You're not going to get me now, right? Now, ISC ransomware dangers rages despite fewer attacks. I really do care about this one because I see, or sorry, ICS, which is industrial control systems, right? Uh, let's go ahead and dig into this one a little bit more. Despite takedowns of top ransomware groups, those remaining threat actors have continued to develop new tricks while maintaining their ability to capitalize on zero day vulnerabilities while uh, helping them do more damage to industrial control systems, right? Um, and then they give some examples here of ransomware that has been seen attacking your industrial control systems like Ragnar Locker and uh, Alpha with a V. So Alpha V, right? Okay, whatever, right? Everything is named weird in this industry. Uh, ICS ransomware is upping their PR game. What the fuck did I just read? Let me go ahead and read it again. ICS ransomware is upping their PR, PR game. Okay, so what we're talking about here is ransomware as a service and the business model, right? Says these groups have likewise begun to work on their media relations uh, efforts. The fuck, bro? The fuck? Media relations, right? It says... They actively engage with the media to shape the narrative surrounding their activities, courting journalists, providing press releases, frequently asked questions, and interviews to manipulate public perception, Drago's researchers added. This calculated approach allows ransomware gangs to amplify their notoriety and exert pressure on victims, ultimately enhancing their profitability. Oh, uh, yeah, again, it sounds really fucking complicated, kind of like it's being done by nations. Fucking hate governments with all of that fucking power, all of that money, right? Instead of you fucking go fucking solve world hunger, right? Instead of you go feed people and save babies or some shit, what are you doing? You're locking out people's fucking computers, playing with fucking toys. Goddamn idiots, right? Moving on, moving the fuck on, right? What else do we have? Let's fast forward a little bit. Boom, let's start here. NSA secretly buying your internet browser data without warrant. Aw, home team, are you at it again? Is the equation group equationing? Let's go ahead and find out, right? Uh, it says NSA admits to secretly uh, buying your internet browsing data without warrants. Can I be honest? At least they paid for it, right? <laughs> Hey, what are we fucking talking about? When we said that data sharing is a viable use of data, what's the problem if the NSA pays for data? You do understand that there's a such thing as all source intelligence. And what all source intelligence means is that you go ahead and gather intelligence from all sources, right? Now, the NSA is not trying to target you, right? They're not after you. They're after national security Threats. As their name would suggest, they are the national security 
agency. They're not the petty theft, petty hacker agency. They don't care because if they did care, whoever docks the Supreme Court justices after the Roe v. Wade would be in jail, right? There's only six um, there's only six prosecutions a year for cybercrime. I don't think the NSA is your big fucking worry here. Also, I go back to saying this, right? I had a uh, close friend of mine that uh, had a chance to work with the NSA, and we had a real cool conversation about um, data, right? And the amount of data that different companies had. If the NSA has to buy it, you should be more worried about who the fuck they bought it from. Yeah, so Meta... Apple, Amazon, Google, and I'm forgetting one, Microsoft. Yep. Those five companies have more data on you than the NSA. And the name of those companies that have more data on you than the NSA is growing by the year, right? We can go ahead and say by the year, right? I, I would be willing to say in 10 to 20 years it would uh, not even 10 to 20 years. Give TikTok a couple more years if it keeps driving the way it is, right? And you're going to see that they have just as much information. But if you want to dig into this one, go right the fuck on ahead. I don't think it's that big of a deal, though, right? All right, let's go ahead and dive a little bit deeper. And here's the big one for you guys, right? Uh, the last two are going to be big ones, right? Again, I'm not touching on anything within the Israeli-Hamas uh, conflict. I'm not even commenting on it. Um, but we are going to jump into, and I say that because I just had to skip over another one. Uh, but I will go ahead and cite how if we are talking about it multiple times, that's because it's a part of cyber warfare. So go dig into this for, for yourself form your own opinions. I don't even want to influence your opinion because I think that this is, I do think certain things within how we carry on wars is nonsense, but it's not my fucking place, right? Above my pay grade. So let's go ahead and talk about this one, which is totally within my pay grade to talk about. Uh, New Jersey school district shuts down by cyber attack. The fuck, bro? What the fuck? Why are you attacking schools? And if it is not a kid, if it's not a kid, fuck off, right? If you're not a kid in school, fuck all the way off, right? Because there's no reason to attack a school, right? Kids need places to go during the day. Let's go ahead and talk about this a little bit more. It says on January 28th, the Freehold Township, uh, Township School District informed its staff, families, and students that its schools and offices were closed today due to a cybersecurity incident. School officials said that because of the incident, the district located in Freehold was expecting or experiencing technical difficulties and that it is working with a third party cybersecurity experts to address the issue. I bet you some bullshit ransomware, right? In which case, doubly fuck off, bro. Why are you attacking little kids in school as if and, and here's the fucked up part. Here's the fucked up part. If this is random ransomware, right? sourced from the countries and nation states that are out there. Let me go ahead and tell you that this means that you countries that do this shit don't give a fuck about your people. Mm -hmm. And it's not just your, because you have to go ahead and understand if you're attacking an American school, you're attacking children from all countries, right? You're attacking children from all countries, which means that you're preventing your children from getting an education if they're over here, right? In which case, fuck you. 
fuck you in the ass with a brick. Right. If you don't like what I had to say about this, then please don't listen. Right now, uh, Diane Martello. Breath, Brittower, Brittower, we're going to go Brittower, the director, assistant, superintendent apologized on her ex account for what she didn't do it. Moving on. Uh, this is an ongoing investigation. President of Freehold Township Board of Education said, uh, we'll certainly make an announcement on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday's schedule, when the time comes, there's people working on it throughout the day, right? No additional uh, information regarding the nature of the attack, right? Now, this is actually a part of a trend. There's another cyber attack uh, earlier this month on the 12th, canceled school, uh, Des Moines schools, right? So Des Moines uh, public schools uh, alerted parents' classes on January, uh, parents' classes on January 9th that classes were canceled, right? So parents of those students, rather, that classes were canceled. Uh, so this seems to be a trend. And where there's a trend, there's evidence. So hopefully we can uh, go ahead and take care of our students over there in Iowa and New Jersey. This has been this week's Cyber News and out.